Attention, ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Bo's by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends. Bo Snurdly with you here on WABC and a feature of thousands on our Rush Hour. 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. Lots in the news. Donald Trump has declared or decried federal fascist thugs, despite the fact that this judge, who's in charge of the election interference case in Washington, D.C., Smack dab in the middle of Super Tuesday, right before one of the biggest primaries. She's insisting that this trial go on in March. There's another story today. It Last week it was $11 million. This week they've added another million pages of documents that have been shared in this Trump case, this Jack Smith phony case that should have never been brought in the first place. So 12 million documents they're supposed to go through and prepare an adequate defense. This judge, this anti-Trump judge, and that's what she was. She's made some several statements already before the records. This Tanya Chutkin person has rejected a proposal by Trump's defense team to start the trial in April of 2026. She is trying to cozy up, going with the prosecutor. He wanted January. She said, okay. Uh, well, you only dumped in 12 million documents. Let's start it in March, March 4th. Case they think will last between four and six weeks. I don't know how anybody can argue that this is not election interference. I think that that, I think that, um, I don't know what the legal recourse is. We'll have to get a lawyer on the line with us at some point this week to see whether Donald Trump has any legal recourse once the trial is slated. He attacked federal officials connected to the Biden administration as fascist thugs ahead of a Monday morning hearing where the judge had previously warned him that inflammatory statements would compel her to speed up his trial. I mean, this is just pure election interference. There's no other way to look at this as far as I'm concerned. They're just going to do everything possible between this liberal judge, this liberal Trump-hating judge, and this fascist prosecutor, persecutor, to make sure. And this prosecutor has a record. Go back and you look at the way that he persecuted the former governor, of Virginia, a case later overturned by the Supreme Court of the United States, is having unanimously by the Supreme Court a pure political persecution. And here we are again. You and I know, ladies and gentlemen, that things got heated yesterday. The headlines were all over yesterday at the protest at City Hall over the illegal immigration, I mean, Gracie Mansion over illegal immigration. I don't like to see this. I hope that you don't like to see this as well. The last thing this city needs right now, any city in the United States, is violence. 
more violence over these kind of issues. 800-848-WABC. Letitia James is at it again. And this one I question. I'll have to find the story. Yeah, New York State delivered an unequivocal warning to all New York school districts today that local policies that block, quote-unquote, migrant children from registering may expose those school districts to legal action. This is the Trump-hating Letitia James, who ran on the idea that she was going to get Trump. In a letter addressed to colleagues across the state, the alleged Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, who can't find a way to really persecuting or prosecuting some of the criminals in this state that really deserve prosecution, no, we have to let them out with no bond, no bail, so that they can wander the streets and ply their criminal trade all over and hurt the people in New York. No, we can't go after them. But now she's targeting those of you who run school districts because apparently they think that you are discriminatory. (coughs) The AG says every New Yorker is entitled to a free public education. New Yorker, does that mean New York citizens? What does that mean exactly? Or does that mean foreign nationals who are here illegally? The law is clear, she said, every New Yorker is entitled to a free public education. Anyone who lives in our state is a New Yorker. Oh, she defined it. So anyone who comes to the state and just hangs out, you're a New Yorker. Great. With the first day of school just around the corner, we must ensure that all students are welcome to attend without delay or difficulty. What is she talking about? What's the issue here? She's talking about policies that may violate constitutional and statutory protections. Families without a stable home, whether they're staying in shelters, makeshift refuge, as homeless encampments or transportation, or temporarily living out of a friend's or family home, receive special protections when registering for schools. When such families register, Federal and state laws apply, require public schools to enroll that child the following school day, regardless of proof of residency and other typically required records. So let me translate this. If you are a taxpayer, you are expected and you are demanded that you have to cough up the necessary documents that require you to enroll your child in school. If you come to this country illegally, You don't have to provide any kind of records at all. Just walk in and boom, you get it. So once again, American citizens, citizens of New York, are second-class citizens in their own city and in your own country. You have to abide by the rules. You have to play by the rules. You have to provide all kind of documents. You have to provide proof of this, proof of that. No doubt they want proof of immunizations, proof of this, proof of that. You have to come up with it. Otherwise, they'll keep your little American kid, your little New York City resident kid, out of the school system. 
But let somebody come here that breaks the law illegally and they get a pass. Nope, we don't have to see any records from them. Nope, we don't have to see anything. Just let them in. You, as an American citizen, have no right to get a pass. You are expected to follow the law. If you are here illegally, the law doesn't count. You are a second-class citizen in your own country. And get used to it, that's the way Democrats operated. They are more important than you. They are more whatever it takes to get a pass than you. You are a peasant. They are your elite leaders. If they want to let every illegal in here and chalk up your school with every illegal possible, then fine, let them do that. Just shut up, bend over, and go along with it. Otherwise, you'll get the Attorney General breathing down your neck. On the left coast, despite the pouring billions of dollars into fixing the problem of the homeless, the homeless still are surging in California. Now get this, this state has spent $30 billion over the last $30 billion, billion $30 billion over the last four years on the homeless, and yet they're still outpacing the number of homeless, can't keep up with them. The more you spend, the more they come. There's a picture today of an empty Nordstrom. The main Nordstrom anchor store in San Francisco, they just, and this time it wasn't the crooks. It wasn't that it's all, well, it was in a way because it's crime that caused them to leave. All these smash and grab robberies come in there, just loot the place. And of course you can loot it because the Democrats don't care if you loot retail stores. Retail store owners have money. Why should they care about their property being stolen? They have insurance, right? They can just afford to let people just come in people that should be in jail but are wandering the streets come in and loot the place. So Nordstrom's in California finally gave up. The entire store, done, empty. They're in a beautiful, what was a beautiful mall. I saw pictures around the mall, again, surrounded by nothing but homeless people. Some of them, of course, afflicted with drugs. The fentanyl problem out of control because of Joe Biden's ineptness at securing American borders and dealing with the manufacture of drugs on levels that we wouldn't believe from countries that are our enemy. But, I mean, who cares? It's just another retailer with an empty store, more jobs gone by the wayside. Who cares? They're only Americans. Maybe, maybe now that Nordstrom's is empty, Maybe the good folks in San Francisco will allow it to become an indoor drug fair. Maybe they can let all the druggies go in there. They give them free needles. Remember that, don't you? That law was passed years ago. Let's enable the druggies. Let's give them free needles. Because we don't want drug, we don't want drug, the druggies to have to use a dirty needle and hurt themselves. 
wait a minute, you mean these people are taking fentanyl that can kill them, but we're more concerned with making sure the needle is clean? Yes, that's exactly right. Let's make sure the needle is clean. So San Francisco gave them free needles. So why not give them a free indoor market to sell the drugs and do the drugs? Nordstrom is free. Let the druggies go in there and use Nordstrom. Why not? They have one or two bathrooms in the place. So maybe instead of, you know, there were maps that people had started doing in San Francisco of places tourists should avoid so that they wouldn't have to walk past the piles of human feces on the street. That is what San Francisco has turned into. Lawlessness, drugs, homelessness, retailers, every just gone. Let's get out of this place. It's out of control. And that's what they're trying to turn New York into as well. Homelessness continuing to surge in California despite the state pouring in billions of dollars since 2019. Crisis worsening year after year. Homelessness increasing 6.2% between 2021 and 2022. It's up 23% between the years of 2007 and 2022. Remember when, I remember, I'm old enough to remember this. I find myself saying that a lot. I'm old enough to remember. I'm old enough to remember when Gavin Newsom was running for governor in California. I'm old enough to remember when he was the mayor of San Francisco. One of the things that he said when he was in the mayor of San Francisco was that he was going to clean up homelessness in San Francisco. Never held to account. He never cleaned up the homelessness in San Francisco. It's gotten worse and worse. So what happens when it gets worse and you're a Democrat? You get promoted. So he got promoted. He did such a bang-up job of not cleaning up the drugs and the homelessness in San Francisco. They made him governor. And now he's doing it to the state. And this guy wants to do it to America. Their news reports over the weekend of Democrats, Kamala Harris team and Biden's team are upset because Newsom is going to debate Ron DeSantis. And they're all upset. It's disrespectful of Joe Biden. Well, send Joe Biden out to debate somebody. But this ought to be a fun debate. Because Newsom's track record is of absolutely abject misery. There was an attack on conservative Catholics. You're a member of the Catholic faith. You may want to pay attention to this. You are under attack. According to a Newsweek article, Pope Francis has criticized the backwardness of some conservatives in the United States Catholic Church. He is saying that some of these Catholics, and by that Newsweek says he means you conservative Catholics, have replaced your faith with political ideology. The remarks were made in early August, private meeting in Lisbon with members of the Jesuit, of a Jesuit order. They were published in the Jesuit publication today. 
The Pope responded to a question from a Portuguese priest who was here in the States for a while and said while he was here, he found many Catholics criticizing the Pope. The Pope responded to this priest by saying, there is a very strong organized reactionary attitude in the American Catholic Church. He said, their attitudes, these people, are harmful. In this way, the true tradition is lost, and you turn ideologies, turn to ideologies for support. In other words, ideologies replace faith. Pope then went on to say, I want to remind these people that backwardness is useless. They must understand that there's a correct evolution in the understanding of questions, faith, and morals. The Pope then went on to say that some pontiffs once a long time ago had been tolerant of slavery. Things are different today. Now, I'm not a Catholic, but I have been extremely blessed in my life to meet many devoted Catholics, some conservatives, others members of different Jesuit orders, and some liberal Catholics, but devoted nonetheless. It's not up for me to judge the Pope or criticize him for his outlook. I must assume that the Pope's outlook is guided by his lifetime of faithful service to God. But if the Newsweek article is correct, I do want to say a few things about this attack on conservative Catholic. It seems to me that America's conservative Catholics are among the most faithful to the church teachings that life is sacred. And that is consistent with the moral underpinnings of not just Christianity, but of almost every other religion in the world. It could be forcefully argued, I believe, that more liberal Catholics who support genocide in the womb are actually those who are putting a politically politically false ideology in front of the spirit. I wrote an op-ed about this. You want to read it as the Daily BS today. Americans, Catholics, conservatives under attack by their own pope. It's amazing what these times are bringing. James Golden Snurley with you on WABC. Coming back. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Rush. Isley's Brigger's back, Summer Breeze on WABC Talk Radio 77. Yeah, enjoy these days of summer. They're coming to a close fairly quickly. Well, here we go with another gesture that's supposed to appease all of you. And I don't want to be too critical of this congressman. His heart's in the right place. Uh, Republican Andrew Clyde, representative out of Georgia, is proposing two amendments to an appropriations bill that would supposedly get ready for it with eager anticipation and bated breath, supposedly defund the various prosecutions of former President Trump. He's a member of the House Appropriations Committee, 
two amendments. He's going to add the commerce, justice, and science-related agencies that would prohibit the use of federal funds for the prosecutions of any major presidential candidate prior to the upcoming presidential election on November 5th. Of course, that takes aim at Jack Smith. It also takes aim at the Fed money that comes into New York for Alvin Bragg, et cetera, et cetera, Fannie Willis. Now, my problem with this is not that he, he look, this is probably a good guy, nice guy. Do you honestly think, folks, do you honestly think that these prosecutions are going to be defunded? Do you honestly think that's going to happen? You do. I got a few other things to sell you. Even if they manage to get this through the appropriations process, even if it gets to the House floor, even if it was voted on and you had the usual bunch of rhino Republicans that vote against everything because they hate Trump, even if it managed to pass the House, it would have to go to the Senate. It's not going to get out of the Senate, which means it would have to come back to the House on a reconciliation bill, and it would be promptly removed, even if that didn't happen. And it somehow magically by miracle got through, then Joe Biden would have to sign it into law. Do you honestly think that he's going to sign it? There are not the votes to override a presidential veto right now. If you go by straight party line. So all this is to me is another exercise in futility supposed to make you feel good. Oh, look, we're doing something we're doing. You're not doing you know, again, Kevin McCarthy's out talking about him. Impe- yeah, Kevin's back. Hey, Kevin, what's new? Oh, impeachment, impeachment. He's now, Kevin, over the weekend said that there are some Democrats who are concerned about Joe Biden. Well, it's funny they're talking to you, but they're not talking to the, price, Kev- uh, the press, Kevin. So now we're hearing all this talk about possible impeachment again. When does something ever really happen? All of this talk is just to keep you appeased. Nothing happens. It's a waste of energy. Time to take a break again. Let's do it. Come back. More of your calls coming up on WABC. More of your calls. We didn't take any calls. We'll take some calls when we get back. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. W.A. Beatles C. The Beatles with us 1968 on this day. The Beatles started recording this song. Written by John Lennon. Musicians will get this one. The newest, greatest thing in the studios back then when they started recording this song. They had eight whole tracks to work with. John and George played guitars on this one. 
The drummer is not Ringo. Paul McCartney is playing drums. Ringo, at this point, had had enough and said, screw you guys, I'm out of here. And he took a short hiatus while this song was being recorded. So that's Paul on drums. John and George on guitar, and I guess they overdubbed the bass with Paul McCartney. I mean, they had eight whole tracks to work with, and then they had some tracks left over to do the vocals. Wow. Still sounds great. WABC Talk Radio 77. Let's get to some telephone calls, as promised. Christine in Long Island, you're on with Boston Early. How are you, Christine? Hello, Christine. Oh, I'm sorry, Bo. I apologize. I'm here, Bo. No worries. How are you doing, Christine? I'm fine. Thank you, sir. I hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention in regards to, you know, it's really been for a little bit since COVID that the traditional Catholics and um, the present Pope haven't really quite been seeing eye to eye. And also he's more into having the... Um, the world, the new world order, he's in that camp. And so even though people have the, I mean, a lot of traditional Catholics and conservative Catholics are, you know, obviously devoted to their faith, I mean, they're even canceling priests to speak out about these things. Wow. Well, so you know, the Pope is making, the Pope is making it clear that he is critical of what he sees is the backwardness, apparently, of the American conservative. And that would put him in line with the DOJ and FBI, who wanted to investigate recently these uh, conservative Catholics. Now, Christopher Ray did not tell Congress the full extent of that program. They walked it back since then. But they were basically calling some of the conservative Catholics, and by that they meant those that still conduct mass in Latin and all that, you know, basically trying to say they're domestic terrorists. So there's definitely a schism going on here. But I think long-term, and this is the way I, when I did my op-ed today, look, I think that conservative Catholics will have nothing, nothing to worry about when they face the one judge that truly matters because they've been consistent with articles of faith that have been with mankind since mankind. So, Christine, I appreciate the call. Vincent in Brooklyn, New York. How are you, Vincent? I'm fine, Bo, and how are you today? Great, great, doing show, well. great show as usual. I heard uh, the first half of your show. And I got to say this. I have a traditional Catholic education. I received all the sacraments and everything. I went to Catholic school for uh, eight years. Uh, I've been to Italy, the Vatican, a lot, many, many times. And this Pope, by most Catholics that I know, forget about conservative, forget about American, worldwide Catholics, is considered a socialist. He is following the Antonio Gramsci School of Catholicism. Antonio Gramsci was a communist during the 1920s in Italy who figured out if I could integrate Catholicism with socialism, and that's what we have also now with all these Catholic 
uh, non-governmental organizations participating and bringing all the migrants, all the illegal aliens, into the country, and uh, they're getting money out of it. And um, now, a if, lot of now, Vincent, there are some people that are listening to you now. They don't know what you're talking about. So allow me to step in here, okay? And 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 what he's saying, folks, is not kookism. It's not nutty. It is what is happening on the ground. We know this because our reporter, by that I mean Snurdly's reporter, Todd Benzman, who who we've done many podcasts on the border, who is who reports from Mexico, who reports from south of the Mexican border in Central America. He was there, and what he found was that there are two groups that are helping to fund this flow of migrants. One is the United Nations. They are providing a lot of the day-to-day money that the illegal immigrants depend on to live while they make their journey to the United States of America. There is another group of Jesuit Catholic priests that are helping migrants overcome the the asylum. Now, I'm going to give it to you in my language, not Todd. Todd is a journalist. He speaks in certain language. I'm not. So I just tell you like a T.I. is. What happens is the migrants go under our asylum law. You're not allowed to come into the United States if you're just looking for economic gain. So what happens is they show up in Mexico. Mexican authorities ask them, why are you going to? Why are you trying to migrate past through Mexico? I want to get to America because I want a better job. I want a better way of life. And they're turned around. No, you can't do that. Oh, okay. So then on the way out the door, they've been turned down now for asylum because they're here for the wrong reasons. There are two groups. One of them is one of these religious orders, and they grab up these immigrants and they say, ah, 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 you did this wrong. And then, lo and behold, shortly thereafter, the migrants come back. And this time when they come back, they're asked the question, well, why do you want to go to the United States? Well, you see, I was the victim of political prosecution in my country. My family suffered. My life is in danger. My this, my that. So in other words, you have these priests that are teaching illegal immigrants to lie, to not be truthful, so that they can evade American law and get in this country basically by scamming the asylum laws. Now, I don't know how this works with Things like, oh, these antiquated things like the Ten Commandments, like be honest, like don't tell falsehoods. But that's what's happening in the border. And so what Vincent here is saying when he says these NGOs, there are a whole lot of these non-governmental organizations that are getting money and in some cases getting money from the United States government so that they can help illegal immigrants break our law, scam our asylum system, and come into the United States. And we got this from first-hand reporting. First-hand reporting by Todd Benzman, CenterForImmigrationStudies.org. You can go on that website. You can go back through their archives. 
He has a book about it. You can go check this out if you have any doubt. Vincent, let me give you the last word on this. Well, uh, uh, Bo, the other day, Saturday, I was about to go on the highway in Bay Ridge. I'm not going to name the street. And I showed my girlfriend. We were waiting for the light. I pointed to her. I said, you see this church? I said, this is one of those NGOs that gets money from the government. And on the side of the building, in the kiosk, they had a sign that says, uh, come here and we'll give you uh, legal aid and this and that. They actually sponsor ser- uh, seminars to show the, the the aliens how to game the system, and they're yep. getting money. Eh? And yep. it's in, they had to sign in many languages. And I sh- I was waiting for the light, and I show. And this is not the first time I passed by this place. And this is one of these Catholic, non-governmental Catholic charity churches, Bo. Yep. This is. The scam that is our American immigration system is unbelievable. There is no other country in the Western world that allows their immigration laws to be scammed the way the United States does. Look, the result of this is that now we have 7 million, under Joe Biden, folks, 7 million, not 700,000, 7 million illegal entries into the United States. That is almost the population of New York City. That's what Joe Biden has done. And the fact that this alone isn't enough of an election issue to make him say, I will never win again, is astounding. Vincent, thank you for the call. Viviana in Brooklyn, you're on WABC. Hey, Bo, thank you for the call, uh, taking the call. Um, I wanted to uh, spotlight the fact that um, many of the commentators in, and, and thank God for your show, many of the commentators are uh, playing the song that, you know, Biden is, is inept and all these things. It's all a part of, for example, uh, Rules for Radicals. And they, they want to bring down good, decent, hardworking people and have them withdraw from the political arena, leaving a vacuum of leadership. And the, the Republicans that are really for this country, the Democrats that are really for this country, have to wake up the people. Because if not, then they will have all the, the um, pieces on the chessboard, and they're going to be hard to bring down. We still have an opportunity, and people in the House, they also need to stop this um, constitutionally uh, um, um, uh, uh, travesty against the president. They could have they could have done a lot more things with Hillary. Uh, now the president that's here, but they have to move. And we the there is another story today. To There's a story today by Margaret Cleveland in the Federalist Society in the Federalist. Uh, the Federalist.com about the level of corruption with this Joe Biden, Hunter Biden thing. Apparently, Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's business partner, met with John Kerry, Secretary of State of the United States, right before this whole Burisma thing with the, the prosecutor being dumped because they were looking into the corruption of the Bidens in, in the Ukraine. 
This story has so many legs, and some of it is finally starting to come out. But, of course, you won't look and you will not find that information anywhere in the mainstream press outlets. Quickly, Gracie. Thank you, Viviana. Gracie in Rockland County. Hi, Hi Gracie, my Gracie. Yep. Uh, listen, I'm a traditional Catholic. I, I go to Mass every Sunday. Okay. As soon as this pope was elected, I says, oh, brother, we got a socialist, South American socialist that hates capitalism and hates America. The problem is America, USA, we Catholics, we, we funded everything. Now, he thinks that if we all go down to the same level with socialism, doesn't he realize how South American socialism was? The peons were poor, and there were tons of them, and the rich people were few, and they did not share. I don't know for an educated man how he could be so foolish. Well, I'm not going to criticize. Thank you, Gracie. I appreciate it. I made it a point not to criticize the Pope and all of this. I'm strictly going to stay with the policy on it, and you're talking policy too. And I just think that this attack on conservative, conservative uh, uh, Catholics—I I, just—by uh, their own pope, really—it's astounding to see. Thank you, Gracie. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for Lou Dobbs on WABC. Coming back right after this. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Some of the birthdays today in music history. David Soul, don't give up on us. Danny Serafin, the drummer from Chicago. Also, Wayne Osmond. You didn't know there was another Osmond besides Marie and Donnie, but there was. It was the Osmonds. And Wayne Osmond from the Osmonds, born today. Also, the country artist Shania Twain, one of the most successful artists in American history. Also on this day, Tammy Wynette recorded this song in 1968. Epic Studios. The idea came from her producer. They worked for 15 minutes on the idea and then recorded it. The biggest song in her career. Stand by. Yo, man. Uh, yes, ladies, if you love him, you'll forgive him. No matter what a dirty, rotten scoundrel he might be. And if yours happens to be the dirtiest of dirty, rotten scoundrels, there's only one thing you should do. And that is stand. He's just a man. Stand by him. Let's get back to the telephones, shall we? Jerry in South Carolina, how are you today, Jerry? Hey, I'm real good. It's a nice day down here, Mr. Snurdly. I just wanted to uh, say, that, you know, everyone's trying to tell us that Biden won from the basement. Well, Trump's going to win from jail. Okay, I hope they lock him up, and it'll be not for any other reason. It'll just make him more powerful. So he'll win from jail, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. Jerry, thank you. Thank you pretty much. Thank you. I so appreciate the call from South Carolina. Now, there's some bad news out of Ohio. 
An Ohio pregnant woman who was shoplifting was shot dead by police. Apparently, she accelerated her car toward, at least this is what the police are saying. We haven't seen the footage of this yet. She put her car in gear, accelerated toward the police officers. He fired one shot through the windshield. She's dead. Her family, of course, upset. She stole something from the store. You didn't have to shoot the woman. She would have gotten out the car eventually. You didn't have to kill her and the baby. Yes, the baby died too. It's a horrible story. Out of Columbus, we'll see where that story goes. In San Francisco, there is a bakery there. It is described as an Arab bakery in the news. I don't care who owns the bakery. But the bakery has said there will be no police officers allowed in the store if they are packing weapons and are in a uniform. No cops allowed. That is the confirmed policy of the bakery chain Reams in San Francisco. Yep. I just wonder if there will come a time when the good people at Reams find themselves under siege and call for the police. And I wonder what the response would be since no cops are allowed. In national politics, a very, I think, humorous story, Vivek Ramaswamy dusted it up over the weekend when he called one of the squad members, Ayanna Presley, a modern grand wizard of the modern KKK. The lefties had a cow over it. Well, now she's having a cow over it, too. She's saying that the verbal assault lobbied against her and Dr. Kendry is shameful. It's deeply offensive, and it's dangerous. Now, this woman, this Ayanna Presley has called Republicans every horrid name in the book. And yet, and this is one of the people behind the defund the police movement. Because after all, police are dangerous and horrible citizens. But yet, someone calls her name and she's deeply offended. To which I say, boo-hoo, baby. Let us go. Back, well, no, it is time to close. We've got a bunch of calls. Let me suggest this. We will be back tomorrow on WABC Talk Radio 77, God willing, for Tuesday's edition of Boston Early's Rush Hour. Now, those of you who wonder about Mark Stein every week, Mark is still recovering. He did a, he did one of his own shows last week. And in it, he mentioned his, quote-unquote, wobbly health and the fact that he's still recovering. So Mark Stein will be back with us at some point on Tuesdays when he recovers his health well enough. In the meantime, later this week, we have some fun lined up. You might remember the Hercules actor Kevin Sorbo. He's going to join us later in the week. And we've got a few other people lined up. We are going to talk about climate in Hawaii at some point this week, too. Because all of these notions that it was global warming are being debunked. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love, gratitude for your being here and for allowing me to be with you each day. As I said, God willing, we'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock for Bo Snarely's Rush Hour. Bye. Ohio. 
Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.